Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 874 of the Juicebox podcast. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Type 2 Diabetes Pro Tip series from the Juicebox podcast. Today, Jenny and I are going to talk about your fueling plan, amongst other things. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. If you're just finding the Diabetes Pro Tip series for type 2 diabetes, there are other episodes already available. Check them out at juiceboxpodcast.com or search your favorite audio app or podcast app. If you're looking for some silky sheets or lovely joggers, maybe some nice PJs, check out CozyEarth.com. And when you check out, use the offer code JUICEBOX to save 35% on your entire order. If you're enjoying this series, please share it with someone else who you think might also enjoy it. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and the Dexcom G7 Continuous Glucose Monitoring System. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. The podcast is also sponsored by the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. You want a glucose meter that is easy to hold, easy to read, accurate, and offers second chance test strips. If that's what you want, and I think that is what you should want, you want the Contour Next Gen Blood Glucose Meter. ContourNext.com forward slash juice box. All right, Jenny, we are here today to add to our type two series. Yay. And today we are going to discuss a fueling plan, which mm. you taught me in the other episode not to say diet. And I didn't even think to say diet. So I'm pleased to say that I'm learning. You didn't have big signs in front of you that I didn't. were like, don't say diet. <laughs> I didn't. Actually, I thought, oh, we're going to talk about eating today. We're going to, and, and I went into my little note and I noted that I was going to talk about fueling plan. I just wrote down fueling plan. I was like, oh, look at me. Awesome. I'm learning. Look at you. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. So, so let's, I guess, just broad, broad scope. It doesn't really matter, right? If you're a person who, may not have been eating well prior to your type 2 diabetes, or you were eating great and you got it anyway, anyway. right? Mm -hmm. it, what you're going to eat moving forward to help yourself is going to be the same one way or the other. Does that make Could sense? Be. Yeah, ish, yeah. Ish. Like, like yeah. it's not like I'm saying that what, what's it going to be about? So if I'm coming in, I mean, let's just break this down. If I'm coming in with type 2 diabetes and a weight or right. type 2 diabetes and no weight issue, then the person with no weight issue is just going to check to make sure they're not eating foods that are driving their blood sugar up? Correct. In, in this example, it's a good example. <clears throat> the person who doesn't need some loss just needs to maintain and stabilize and also now has to watch what's happening 
to their blood sugar levels. It's more a look at what you've been doing that's maintaining and then shifting some of the things maybe out or maybe portion needs to change in one place versus another, or maybe it's a changeover of these types of foods versus these types of foods, right? Similarly, in the person that needs or could benefit from some loss to get more to an optimized weight you know, for their own body and for their activity level, theirs might be a shift of kinds of foods as well, but it's definitely, they need also some portion navigation for that. Okay. I mean, I think this is universal across good health, not just diabetes type one type Absolutely. two. Absolutely. Right. And, and we're going to try, for people who don't know, I, I think to my mom, <clears throat> excuse me, mm-hmm. My mom was told she was pre-diabetic and um, and then she told me all the things she was going to eat. And I was stunned. <laughs> I was right. stunned by how many of them had, had like she, she, let me be clear. She said to me, I'm going to eat low carb. That's the thing she had heard somewhere. I don't know sure. if the doctor said it to her or whatever, but she's like, I'm going to eat a low carb lifestyle. Um, and then she listed all these vegetables that had a significant amount of carbs in them. And, right. and I thought, oh, my mom doesn't know the difference between what has carbs in it and what doesn't. Like, she had some of it right and some of it wrong. Correct. Right? And so, can you just help for a minute? Like, can you, like, just out loud put a meal plan together for somebody and talk about some of the foods that you could be looking at? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the easiest, I think. And unfortunately, I the plate method, right, that was put out by um, – the USDA, so that everybody knew what they were supposed to be looking at on their plate. I think the plate method actually is a very good idea for somebody starting out who's really trying to revamp and may have gotten the idea, well, I must, I, I have to go low carb, but what does that mean, right? Um, and there are so many different ways to do low carb. But the plate method's easy because if you just imagine sitting down with your plate you're going to put on it more of the foods that have a low impact on your glucose level. And half of your plate then should be filled with what we call non-starchy vegetables. And for your example with your mom, she thought, well, I'm going to do a low-carb diet. But maybe she thought just vegetables in general we're low carb, right? They're unprocessed. They're, you know, unless you've bought them with a whole bunch of sauce or something on top of them, they're pretty clean food, mm-hmm. right? But there is a difference. Non-starchy means that they don't contain a lot of natural sugar. All vegetables do contain some kind of natural carbohydrate to them. Some have a lot more than others. So if you fill half of your plate with these non-starchy vegetables being your greens, I mean, they're a powerhouse of nutrition. I'm not talking like, you know, iceberg lettuce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can eat all the iceberg lettuce that you want. You're not really getting a heck of a lot of good nutrition there, um, but it's a filler. So you're talking about the dark leafy greens or like the nice spring mixes and those kinds of things. You're talking about broccoli and cauliflower and you know cabbage and cucumbers and mushrooms and onions and peppers and even the summer zucchini or the the yellow squash. Those are non-starchy vegetables, mm-hmm. and a, green and a, beans, and a, that kind of stuff. And an easy Google search would be low glycemic vegetables, right? Yes. Okay. 
Um, that would be great. That's the way you can kind of start. Now, also, there are people who go all vegetables for type sure. two, right? That's a that's a legitimate plan as well, right? Like instead of like low carb, which you think of as more as like protein and fat, there are some people who go like none of that, and and they have similar successes sometimes as well. It's it's yeah, it's interesting. You know, the more um, the more plant based vegetable kind of plant-based food that you eat, they are really filling. Mm -hmm. So you can eat a fair amount of them. And because they are non-starchy, you don't get a major shift or a major bump in your blood sugar compared to sitting down and eating something like, unfortunately, a starchy white potato. Right. It's going to have a big impact on your blood sugar. So that's part of that plan when you go all vegetables for di for type 2 diabetes that you're just very full and you're not taking in a ton of calories and carbs because there's right caloric bulk. load goes down yeah. because there's bulk okay. exactly now is that all around well-rounded it it's not okay i mean if we're talking about healthy nutrient dense and not necessarily calorically dense mm -hmm. then we do need a balance and so that's why i think the plate method is a really nice place to start because you can get a wealth of non-starchy vegetables on your plate and then you can also the other half of the plate really good lean quality protein sources mm -hmm. from whatever you know whether it's fish or chicken or maybe you love tofu or you're vegan or whatever there are a lot of really good low glycemic protein sources even beans and lentils while they do contain carbohydrate naturally it's downplayed based on um, the fiber okay. and also the protein that you're getting with it. Mm -hmm. So, also hydration is still very important with type two, like type one, right? Absolutely. Okay. Same. Uh, hydration is, I think, it's a forgotten thing for a lot of people, regardless of diabetes. Mm -hmm. um, you might carry your water bottle around during the course of the day and you know sip on it or whatever, but yes, we need to drink water, and it's very important with type two. Part of the reason I like my green drink is because it also comes with me right away in the morning drinking 12 to 16 ounces of water. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I, Absolutely. I noticed that that's better. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So here's what is rattling around in my head. Like, that's all well and good. Um, <laughs> right? Like can I say something before please, you? Please. Can, you, re can you remember your idea that you were going to go forward with? I got it right here. Because your green drink in the morning sort of made me think of – the idea that vegetables for many people are just a dinner time, right? Mm -hmm. Can you include them in other parts of your day? Absolutely. You do like a greens based thing in the morning time. It's a powder. You mix it in. It's easy. You get it down right away. You could also do something similar by getting vegetables for breakfast and putting it in a smoothie. Mm -hmm. You can get a lot of quality nutrition that way in not a very heavy calorie dense package. Um, you know, things like spinach and baby kale and celery and cucumbers, they all mix really well yep. along with, you know, lower glycemic fruits, which is the next thing. Um, things like your berries and kiwi and apples, and they're all much lower in impact. So popping that into a smoothie, it's a good way to sneak some vegetables in. Most of what you just listed would go in any high-end scrambled egg too like if you go to a nice yes. hotel right they'll throw broccoli into your scrambled eggs or you know greens yep. things like that there's other places yeah. mushrooms i right mushrooms are a good one am i right i um, love mushrooms yeah. yes every time i make anything i put mushrooms with it because and here's why jenny 
I don't eat a lot of vegetables. I do the green. Really? I, I'm not a vegetable person. It's a, <gasps> it's a texture thing for me. Ah. Uh. I can't do them the way they do. And listen, we can go into it if you want. I don't think there's a lot of need for it here. But um, I grew up kind of broke. And there were a lot of canned, nasty vegetables given to me. Okay. Like here's Corn. String, like French string beans. Like, you know, French beans. You're like, nah, these taste horrible. And then <laughs> I was I was parented in a way where you're not getting up till you eat it. And then I was a very stubborn person. So there were times where for breakfast, I would get cold green beans from the night before and they'd be like, eat them. And I'd be like, no. Uh, and so, and I would like, like physically like gag on them. Yeah. And so now oh. I'm wired wrong about vegetables now through bad parenting. And my dad's dead and my mom's really old. She'll never hear this. So they did a bad job and then made me hate yeah. vegetables. Um, so I put but them you in like mushrooms. I, I like my, it's the weirdest thing. Because well, it's maybe it's because you're a fun fun guy and they're fun guy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, my wife's always like, you don't like the way it feels in your mouth, but mushrooms are okay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I on, like onions, and they're very good for you. Yeah, I lo- lo- listen. I love them. I always have like a big bushel of them in in the in the in the refrigerator. But like, I'm looking at this list, and if you put me in this situation, I'd be like, uh oh. I don't see a, a carrots. I think of carrots and I'm like, like I don't know why. Because texturally, they're like potatoes, which I can do. If they're cooked. If they're cooked, mm-hmm. right? Uh, um, A cold carrot, I can't do. As soon as it splits apart, it feels waxy or I don't know how to describe it. Like, you know what? It flakes off. I'm like, eh, it's in my mouth. <laughs> so, you and, are so funny. I'm a child. Oh, my goodness. Right, right. Like, and so I, I, everything on this list I've tried. Eggplant. And you don't particularly I care I can't for. get past the texture of it. So I do Can the- you sneak it into things? Like, and this isn't, you know, tip wise, if yes. there are other people who are like, I can't really do that. Well, can you sneak it in and make like a zucchini lasagna? Again, get rid of the noodles, slice up the zucchini. It cooks and becomes very soft, similar to noodle. Let me tell you, I'm gonna do that this weekend. I've never tried that before. I'll try that. Oh, it's so good. I'll send you a recipe. Thank you. That, that yeah. I will definitely try that. Salad, I taught my, this is so embarrassing. Jesus. <laughs> I taught in a restaurant with my wife, seven, eight months pregnant with our first kid. In the afternoon, we had just gone to like a OB appointment. So we were kind of like wild and free in the middle of the day, nothing to do. And we went to this restaurant. I can picture where I was sitting. And I said, I'm going to order a salad. And my wife goes, what? And I I was like, yeah, I'm going to get a salad. And she's like, you don't eat salad. I said, it goes beyond that, Kelly. I've never had salad. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to try a bowl of lettuce with things in it now. And I choked it down because I wanted to be a better role model for my kid. Sure. And I taught myself to eat salad when I was like 25 years old. You are also talking to a person who was not taken to a dentist as a child. I really grew up oh, like an animal. You really did. Yeah. I'm not lying. I'm we were, sorry we about were, that. We were broke and that's just how it went, you know. And so um, I taught myself to eat a salad. I like tomato sauce. I have trouble with chunks of – I can't eat a tomato. 
And that's another one. It's just like the mix it in, figure out yeah. how to get it stuck in there someplace. Soups are another really good one where, and especially pureed soups, you can hide a lot of things. So if you like tomato sauce and it has to be really, really, really smooth, you could put a whole bunch of stuff in it. You could put carrots in there. Yep. You could probably put green beans in there, although I don't know what it would do to the flavor mm -hmm. um, and get a really good high power um, like a Vitamix kind of thing, let's say, you can puree it down and you'll never know what was in there as long as it's still got all the seasonings that you want from a marinara oh, sauce. Saying I could put pureed carrots into a tomato sauce and I would never know they were in there. Hold on. Yeah. I'll make a note about that too. Um, Again, I mean, you're not going to put 20 carrots in with no, one thing of tomatoes and have it taste like than, tomatoes, but... More than I was going to get if I didn't throw a carrot in there. Exactly. Yeah. Um, because... Even like pep, like I know I can cook peppers. This is, I know that I must sound like I'm four years old, but I can cook peppers down into things and eat them. Yep. But if you made like a stuffed pepper, like a, my wife likes turkey stuffed peppers. I I can't do that. You can't do that. No, I, because the pepper gets kind of like, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm arguing against myself here, but the pepper gets like soft and weird. And then I don't like the way it's it bites. a texture. Yeah. It's a texture thing for you. It's definitely. Small. What about, um, roasted vegetables like if you roast pan roast them in the oven like onions and mushrooms and peppers and those kinds of things if you get if you have a good oven or you have something that you can kind of like char broil them mm -hmm. with the right seasoning sometimes that's enough of a flavor like that you're okay with what it is yeah i tried that with broccoli but then the broccoli breaks down into those little round things on the, the flower yeah whatever jenny listen it gets in my mouth they're everywhere and i'm like why is this happening <laughs> <laughs> but, but i'm listen i'm outing myself today because i'm gonna make these quick for you there are cgms and bgms a cgm is a continuous glucose monitor and that's what dexcom makes the dexcom g6 and brand new Dexcom G7. These devices will allow you to see the speed, direction, and number of your blood sugar. Just think about that. I mean, in context today, we're talking about type two diabetes. Imagine you eat something and your blood sugar starts to go up, or it doesn't, or it goes up quickly and then comes back down. How would you know any of that? With a Dexcom, you will know. You will see it happen right in front of you on your receiver or your Android or iPhone. It's crazy how far these technology has come. My daughter is wearing a Dexcom G6 at the moment. She'll be switching to a G7 very soon. I know somebody personally wearing a G7 and they're having a good old time of it. So you can check it out and uh, see what you think. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. What I'll tell you is, there is no better way to make decisions about your medications and your food than being able to see how food and medication impacts your blood sugar. And you can see that with Dexcom. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Of course, the podcast is sponsored today by the Contour line of blood glucose meters as well. Their latest, the Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter is highly accurate and you're going to like it contournext.com forward slash juice box. Head over and take a look. See all their meters, read about the test strips, learn what it means that they offer a second chance. I'll tell you right now, if you touch blood but don't get enough, 
you can go back and get more without ruining the accuracy of the strip or the strip itself. And that's a big deal. It's not to say that the strip needs a lot of blood. Just, you know, you could fumble around with it or touch it and drop it or whatever. I don't know what happens to you. And you can go right back and finish up lickety split like it never happened. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. While you're over there, check out the buy now button. There are a number of places online where you might be able to buy the meters and test strips cheaper in cash than you're currently paying with your insurance. I know that's strange to think, but it's worth looking into. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Links in the show notes. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Um, I, I, I made it through a lot of my life without eating vegetables and sure. I would supplement where I could, but it, obviously it's not enough. I, even the green drink is, is great, but it's not the same as eating this food. Right. And I'm, well, and you bring up a good point there eating the food. It's just like we say with sugar from fruit, mm-hmm. eat the fruit, don't drink the juice. Because on a blood sugar level, what's it going to do differently to your blood sugar, right? So it's the same thing from a nutrient level. You're getting good stuff from your greens, but on a digestive level, you're not getting all the advantage of your body breaking it down and pulling things out and getting the digestive fiber Mm -hmm. benefit. So Yeah. I mean, now, having said all that, this week, I have never been happier than I have been this week. I went to the Costco and I (laughs) I bought four steaks. And I cook them with a light seasoning, and then I refrigerate them. And when I get hungry, I slice a few slices um, off, right? And I pick, sure. I pick at them. Um, I have I cooked already to go with them uh, shrimp. I sauteed some shrimp in mushrooms, and so like my lunch today is I'll take probably four ounces of steak, put mm-hmm. it with like two shrimp and a mushroom, and I'll just like eat that, and that'll be my lunch. Yum. Yeah. And and that because I'm putting myself in the position of the people listening. I'm thinking like if I got type 2 diabetes and you showed me this list of vegetables, I'd be like, "Uh-oh, I'm going to die." <laughs> like, if, because, especially you know. if you're not used to even eating some of them. Like right. you're starting in a very lean amount of vegetables that you would even consider trying yeah. to put into your diet. There are many people who already have vegetables in their diet, but maybe it's in such a small portion mm-hmm. that it's not it's not the wealth of what they should be eating, right. right? They might be doing a plate full of mashed potatoes and maybe a side of green beans. They should be flipped around. Yeah. Green yeah, beans, yeah. good dinner salad, whatever is the wealth of the plate along with a nice, healthy, lean protein source. And then maybe the rest of the plate, something like, lower glycemic if you are still going with some type of a grain or maybe you want to definitely include fruit again from a nutrient dense quality fruit is excellent it's just some is higher glycemic index Mm -hmm. meaning higher quicker impact on blood sugar compared to others your lower glycemic are definitely the berries blueberries raspberries strawberries um blackberries um typically the green apples are the leanest in terms of like carb impact kiwi fruit interestingly as well um really? some of the pears yeah okay um so i i think that i think that people need to understand like even though i'm like i'm as anti-vegetable as a person could be still when i scroll down this list 
I can mm-hmm. find five or six things on here I, I, I'd I be happy to eat. Sure. And, and it's just the big the big picture. It, it's, it's psychological for me. Like, I think of, like, I smell peas and I don't want them. I feel carrots in my mouth when I think about carrots. I, huh. yeah, green beans, I feel them stuck in my throat when I think about I, them. I can understand the pea one because I will only eat real potted peas. Okay. Like, take them out of the pod yourself and eat the pea. Mm-hmm. Like, fresh peas. If they have been frozen, if they have been canned, yeah, then you. <laughs> I can taste that in my mouth. Right. You can, you can see me, right? Yeah, I can. I get where you're saying you can, you can get that in your mouth, and you're like, nope, right. totally not going in. And I do, I do think that that's part of it. I think the preparation of the vegetables that were given to me as a kid really stuck to me. Because yeah. I have prepared things at home. I, you know, when I'm teaching myself to eat it, I might end up with a little Parmesan cheese over top of it to try to like sure. get it in. You know what I mean? But I, I could do better. Like I really mm-hmm. could. But what yeah. I'm what I'm thinking that people need to hear is that if you're looking for a a place to start, it's boxed, bagged cookies, cake, w- flour, right? Like these are the We're things. talking processed. Processed foods, right. Right? That's the best word for it, honestly. And you know, sometimes too, we also have to consider the the grand majority of people with diabetes have type 2 diabetes, and it reaches all it reaches all level of people, mm-hmm. whether someone's starting out with a diagnosis in kind of the realm of where you grew up without a lot of money. So they may be on a very tight budget about what they can do. There might be people who can absolutely afford to be improving their intake, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, and there are some really good resources. I I have a book um, that was put out quite a while ago um by the ADA um it's diabetes meals on $7 a day or less so from that aspect it gives you kind of grocery lists it gives you how to pick and choose some things how to put meals together sometimes adults diagnosed with type 2 haven't been cooking and, you know, again, this isn't like a shame or a blame or anything, but this is just the way that it is. This is how busy we've gotten in life. And the more, as you said, the more processed, the more packaged the food is, the potential from those increase in ingredients that you can't read when you look at the label, the impact on blood sugar can be something that then you can't figure out. Mm-hmm. I went to, I did something interesting. I I Googled processed food examples, but Mm. I went to the NHS in the UK for my return instead of America, just in case there's any like corporate pressure on the list that we might find in America. Okay. Um, Food processing can be as basic as freezing, canning, baking, or drying. So trying, that's what, that's what they're saying. They say, what counts as processed food, breakfast, cereals, cheese, tinned vegetables, I guess they mean canned vegetables, canned Mm -hmm. bread, Savory snacks such as crisps, so chips, sausage mm-hmm. rolls, pies, pastries, meat products like bacon, sausage, ham, salami, or a pate, a microwavable meal or ready-made meals, cakes and biscuits, drinks even like milk or soft drinks. 
It says not all processed foods are a bad choice. Some foods need True. processing to make them safe, such as milk. So right. it, 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 yes, milk is processed, but not in this category. And that I think that's a, actually a really good description. And I'm glad that they emphasize that process doesn't necessarily mean poor quality. Mm. Like in my cupboard, sure, I have processed foods. It's things like canned beans, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't take me an entire 24 hours to soak them. <laughs> so I buy I buy beans that have already been, been soaked, soaked for yeah. me so I can easily use them. <laughs> well, think about this even. Have you ever seen low salt bacon? Um, Jenny, do you I ever don't... buy bacon? Uh, we don't eat bacon. Okay, well, there's low salt bacon. Let me just skip okay. over the part where you've never there looked you at bacon before. There's low salt bacon. Every time I see that, I think... Well, what is that? A healthier pig? No, <laughs> it's they salt the other bacon, and and that's Correct. what they're saying here is processed foods. What can make them less healthy? Extra ingredients like salt, sugar, mm -hmm. fat that are added to the process, and um, buying processed foods can lead to people eating more than the recommended amounts of sugar, salt, and fat because you're not even aware you're getting them. And do you? And that's that's really those three: sugar, salt, and fat. They are something that the food industry has absolutely clicked into in order to hook people on the non-preferred processed foods. Right. Well, it is. They put them in together in the right amounts in the foods, and it's the reason that you can't just eat one potato chip. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's not your fault when you're like, oh, my God, these are amazing. Like right. salt. Fat, like you might as well be saying, like crack, heroin, you know, absolutely nicotine, <laughs> like like things that you get, and you're like, oh, your body's like, do that again. And yeah, so, they're addictive. Yeah, they're and I think too, it's a modern society, right? Like obviously, mm -hmm. there are so many people on the planet, and this is the way we have so far figured out to feed everybody. And you know, you could make the like, well, everyone's alive and they're not hungry like they used to be, but. Look at all these people who have type 2 diabetes and, you know, other things that are happening to people's health that were sort of like, that's odd, you know, and right. And so you're going to have to, I mean, you're going to have to put some effort into it because you're basically dodging the way people hand food to you. Back in the 50s where you made cookies once a month. Right. Okay. And now we just have like, we have so much, like there's such a, like everybody stop and think right now. Could right. you could you make pasta in your house right now? Yes. Could you make mm -hmm. a cookie from scratch right now? You have all those things. Yes. You know, like it's it's too in your face, and it is. You know, and it's I don't I'm I'm missing the word, but it's it's just omnipresent. It you know? is, and I think it is because we've also become it's become a part of every social encounter, like a business meeting today. Yes, Even food. on the highest corporate level, there is always food, mm -hmm. always, and you can't you can't get away from it. And so you end up sometimes, honestly, from the mental standpoint, you end up feeling like the oddball out if you're always like, no, no, I'm just going to have the cup of coffee, or I'm just going to have a cup of tea, or I'm just going to drink my water, you know, or I've got my own lunch. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you get the look like. You've got like four heads because yeah. you brought your Jenny packed brought lunch. her own food. <laughs> right? What do you think's wrong um, with her? She's healthier than the rest of us. Uh, yeah, it, no, I mean, you and I have had dinner together before. Yeah. And I've seen you like just pass something by. Just, 
Mm, I don't want that. Thank you. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, I just think that it's, I mean, look, you're going to go to the doctor, right? We already talked about in previous episodes, you're, you're going to run into a lot of roadblocks, understanding mm-hmm. type two, uh, getting on you know medications if you need, understanding insulin if you're using insulin. But then this happens. To me, this seems like the linchpin here. Like this is the hardest part. I just, I imagine for most people, this is the hardest part. Like I eat in a certain way because I'm programmed to, because this is how mm-hmm. I grew up doing it. I'm, I'm partly, ch- you know, shared my story about the vegetables because right. I'm a reasonably intelligent person. I, I should <laughs> yes. be able to put a green bean in my mouth, but there's a seven-year-old boy being yelled at at a table somewhere. Who's like, that makes me gag. And so, right. you know, and so whatever your thing is that when you stop and look at your cupboards, you go, no, I, I have to have, I have to have that. That's part of like, um, right. Holidays. People associate holidays with a certain food. Yeah. There's so many damn holidays that if you try to better your health, you can't because you're like, well, I'll just do it after. Because they roll into each other. Yeah. I'll do it after New Year's. Well, then uh, Christmas. Well, then we'll wait on oh, New Year's. Okay. Well, oh, but you know. Valentine's Day, I'm going to want chocolate. So we'll probably, oh, Irish potatoes. Hold on a second. I can't because in March, you know, it'll be, oh, Easter, jelly beans. I'm really going to want jelly beans in Easter. So I'll be fine until, oh, God, 4th of July. Well, I don't want to start then. And it just doesn't stop. It doesn't. And I think you're bringing up something that also means you have to consider that there there isn't a all or none principle. I think that gets people into trouble. There are some people that can do that. They can say, you know what? I've seen what this does. I'm good without it. I can just totally give this up. And I can do, you know, just like you said, I can do just the vegetables and maybe grilled chicken. And I'm good with that. I, I'm not, I'm not living to eat, mm-hmm. right? I'm taking in the fuel, which is the energy for our body because my body needs it. It's a necessity. But for the majority of people, we need a little bit of a give and take. How much give should we have in the picture? Um, So in terms of like a plan, 80-20, 90-10, if you're, as you bring up each of those holidays, right? We've got something in October. We've got something in November. We have some type of something in December. Mm -hmm. And depending on how you celebrate the beginning of January, then February rolls around. And like you said, March, and then April, depending on if you celebrate Easter or anything within that, there's, it's, it's never ending. And then of course we got the 4th of July. There's only a couple of months in there. There's really not like a, a food-based something, maybe. It's the summertime and then it's ice cream and like things that barbecuing everyone associates with by the way barbecuing interesting people are like meat that's healthy yeah okay and you know it's if you dry rub your beef (laughs) that's great if you throw a big sauce over top of it you're licking a block of sugar and that's why it tastes so great because it's and so you have to like everyone listening is going to just have to decide and but i think they should also understand the rest of it. And I think that's the problem with type two is that it comes on. We talked about it earlier. It comes on so slowly mm-hmm. that it really just feels like I could probably just stay two steps ahead of this and I'll be okay. Right. Right. And it, the truth is, it, it will, I mean, for most of us, it's going to catch you if you don't, if you don't. Correct. Do something. Right. You know? yeah. Which is, you know, like I said, that's why a little bit of I can do this, but the majority of the time, 
I really need to focus on doing this. So let's take each month of the year, let's say that there is something, mm-hmm. right? You have to make a decision and say, okay, I'm going to really celebrate here. And the celebration is a day. Okay. What's a day out of 30 days? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. You're not even looking at like 10% of the month. You're looking at much less than that of being able to, if you really like grandma's frosted sugar cookies at Christmas time, then go ahead and do that. Or, right? But the majority of the time is what's going to have the wealth of impact overall. Mm -hmm. How long do you think it takes to change a habit? Like, there's, do you have a thought about it? Because there's, there's some people say it's two months, some people say it can take up to like 250 days to change a habit. And I've seen, well, someone, I've seen a person do a fast and Mm -hmm. at the end of seven days be like, I feel amazing. And not like a fast, like no food. Like it's a, it's a nutrition fast. Like, so you're taking in nutrition still. You're just, it's anyway, at the end of seven days, they're like down 15 pounds. They feel amazing. Now they have food cravings. So like, I miss Mm -hmm. this and I miss that. And they start off well with eating like, you know, things they're like, oh, this will be great. But then it's like a week later and something happens, an event where stress hits or something like that. And it turns into a potato chip. Then the salt hits them and they're like, woohoo, here we go. Like it really is like watching, it's like watching an addict, like pick a cigarette back up again or something like that. Yeah. You know, um, and so is there is there good science on how long it takes or there isn't really to read? You know, it used it, it used to be, and from what I know now, it's more of like it's more of a myth, honestly. It used to be said that it takes three weeks to make a habit or 21 days to mm-hmm. form a habit. And honestly, it, it was disproven a while ago. Okay. Um it I think what you said about two months is about the statistic that was actually kind of re-put out there. Mm -hmm. Um, So in general, a habit means that you are making a conscious effort in the change time. It may mean that it's hard for you to do that every day. Once it becomes like the end of the night, I always bring up like brushing your teeth. The end of the night comes, that's your routine. You don't even often like think about it. It's just you head into the bathroom, you brush your teeth, you get in bed and you kind of have this routine, right? It rolls. At the point of which you easily go to the grocery store or you easily write your grocery list or you easily pick something that you know is really good for you from a restaurant menu and it didn't take effort to do that, you've got a habit formed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes effort even beyond that. Once you've gone on a vacation, you've gotten out of your habit, you may have to reignite that habit again. Yeah. Right? You know, when we talk about how like money can impact what people buy, we're usually mm-hmm. thinking people who have less money are forced to buy more processed food, which I think is true. Like, I think it's cheaper, although food prices lately, nothing's cheap. But no, um, no. I also think if you have too much money, then it also feels... Like, there's a decadence to it. Like, I could just buy this. This is $5. It means nothing to me. You, you right. know what I mean? Like, and now I have a bag of candy around. Or I, you know, I bought a block of chocolate because it's fancy. Or, like, you know, like, there's... Right. You, you have to... There used to be this thing that I would buy when I went to the grocery store. It was, like, this little junk food thing. And I realized it was as I got older and I started making more money. I was like, I can afford this thing that I couldn't afford as a child. And then mm-hmm. I would buy it sometimes and not want it. 
But it was just me being like, look, I can afford this. I can have it. Yeah, I can can have this if I want to. And so there was a day I realized that and I told myself, I'm like, you will never buy that again when you go in that store. Like, it doesn't matter if you want it or don't want it. You're going to make like a conscious decision to never purchase this thing again. Right. Nothing to do with your life or nutrition or anything like that. And that's one of the ways I started teaching myself to make changes. Mm -hmm. I just picked something completely banal and I was like, all right, this again. Um, for, right. for any context, it was like a little like sugary candy, like that's right. just something silly. I know? even, you know, it, it kind of goes along with um, how much tracking, right? A lot of people are also told, well, track your intake to kind of figure out exactly what you want to change. Tracking initially might be great if you're starting with a list of what you're doing picking off of it and saying, well, I could probably change this. I could transition this into this and this would be better. Economically, it works out about the same. Um, I think budget is a big thing. Mm. If you know how much you have to spend on something, you can often see that going to the grocery store and buying a bunch of stuff and preparing multiple meals is actually less expensive than buying the stuff from the restaurant. Yeah. It can be. Um, But I think in terms of evaluation, you have to know what you're doing that requires an adjustment. You can't just make an all over change without deciding I have to get rid of some stuff yeah. too. Well, it's overwhelming too. Mm-hmm. And and making a big change is difficult for anybody. And oftentimes people will say, well, it's not just me. There are other people in my house. Right. And so I can't just, but you know what? You can, because there are times when people are like, like have like harsh, like celiac disease, for example, Correct. People will like be like, all right, that's it, everybody. We don't eat gluten anymore because Billy's head falls off when we eat it. So we're all just going to stop. And it turns out- More you, like his belly falls yeah, out. Yeah, but, but, yes. but, but it turns out you can if you need yeah. to, right? And right. so you right. have to decide, like it has to be a thing where you need to do it. Mm-hmm. And you have, to, you have to know. And that's why I'm trying to say like gently, but kindly, you're not going to outpace type 2 diabetes for your whole life. It is going to catch you. And when it catches you- you are going to be surprised at how quickly your health deteriorates in a myriad of different ways. If you don't make a change right. and make a habit of making that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just, yeah. You can't just act like it's going to be okay. It's it's not a thing you can ignore into oblivion. So No, it's not. Yeah. And unfortunately, again, with the, the sheer lack of education and information from the get-go, again, there's not really a blame component to what people are lacking doing Mm. until of course they've been given information and then just decide not to be able to do something with it. Right. I mean, if you've been told something and it makes sense to you, not that I I didn't really Mm. get that. Okay. Then ask more questions. Mm -hmm. But if you really did get it and you're just choosing to not do it, then that's, that yeah. is on you. No one's going to be able to help. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I think bringing back up butter, fat, salt, and modern cooking, just using it like magic to make things taste freaking amazing. You, you Absolutely. Know? And then you're you are hooked on it. I don't care if you realize it or not. Like you can get addicted to sugar. You can you know eating that makes you want more of it. Like that that whole thing. So I know yes. that can feel like. That can feel like, well, look, someone tricked me into it. It's not my fault. And it maybe it isn't, but the outcome's still going to fall onto you. And, and what I would say here is when I found my 
youngest brother. I don't know how obvious it is to people if you listen enough, but um, I raised my brothers. So mm-hmm. I, when I was 13, my father left, my mom went to work, and my brother was, we were all five years apart. I was 13, my brother was eight, my other brother was three. Oh. And for large portions of the day, it was me, right? And mm-hmm. I didn't do everything right, because I was 13. Obviously, I didn't know what I was doing. But <laughs> right. there, was you this, tried. there was this time where I saw my youngest brother, not when he was three, years later, <laughs> right. he, he was smoking cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And I pulled him aside and I said, listen, somewhere right now, there are 20 rich people sitting in a boardroom laughing that you buy cigarettes. And I was like, do you want to give them that satisfaction? They're going to kill you to take your money and you are just going to be okay with it. I was like, I wouldn't smoke them just to say F- you to them if for right. no other reason. And I do think that about some of this food sometimes, like it is just... It is everywhere. It is plentiful. It is in bags that are just too big. Like you don't, I yes. I grew up um, at Easter time. We used to get these shitty sh- jelly beans. And when I made a little more money, I bought better jelly beans. And for anybody listening, just born jelly beans are the best jelly beans. I don't care if you agree or not, I'm right. I don't know that it, I've it, ever it, seen that brand. It's the, it's the company that makes the peeps. Oh, really? But they make jelly beans, the best jelly huh. beans. So every year I would like get myself like a small bag of jelly beans and just, and have them throughout the month. Well, then one year these, and Jenny, these motherfuckers, they make a five pound bag of these jelly beans, five pounds. Oh my goodness. Who needs five pounds of jelly beans? They were only $9. Sale sale by the time you get to eat them all. They were only $9. The one pound bag was $3. It was a no brainer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. And um and I just think like when you see something like that, you should look and think, F- you. I'm not buying that. Like you're not killing me to take my nine dollars. You you and know? You're right. And the standpoint behind it, like I said earlier, is that their goal on a broader sense, anybody that's manufacturing the majority of the processed, true processed food, not like canned beans, right? right? It is to get you to come back and buy more of it. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, that's that's the goal. So you really are like you told your brother. Yeah. You're feeding a corporation that's really not doing anything beneficial for your body. Right. Yeah. I mean, at some point, you just have to say, I'm not going to be a part of your your silly right. game where you end up with a bunch of money and I end up dead. So right. I'd rather know. give my money to farmer Joe down the road. Who's going to give me, well, maybe mushrooms for you, but <laughs> green beans, Listen, right? I, I, I think about it as a savings plan. Every time you look at something that you know is going to hurt you, put that money in an envelope instead, you know? Right. And I don't know. Like, I don't, here's the point. I don't know what the answer is. What I'm going to tell you is, is that, you have to, like, you have to figure it out. You can't give up, and there might be fits and starts. You might not get it right the first time. You can't give up on this. This is right. this is it. I mean, what are the stats? How many people have type 2 diabetes in America? Do you know it? Oh, my goodness. I haven't looked it up. Usually, I look it up yearly, like, at the beginning of the year. I don't think I've even looked it up this year. Um, I think it's, like, 270. I don't even know. More than 37 million Americans have diabetes. About 1 in 10 
and approximately 90 to 95% of them have type 2. Type 2 diabetes most often develops in people over 45, but more and more children, teens, and young adults are also developing it. This is the mm-hmm. CDC. What causes type 2 diabetes? Insulin is a hormone made by your pancreas that acts like a key to let blood sugar into the cells in your body for use as energy. If you have type 2 diabetes, cells don't respond normally to insulin. This is called insulin resistance. Your pancreas makes more insulin to try to get cells to respond. Eventually, your pancreas can't keep up. Your blood sugar rises, setting the stage for prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. High blood sugar is damaging to the body and can cause other serious health health problems such as heart disease, vision loss, and kidney disease. So, yeah, like don't buy the jelly beans. Like just, I mean... (laughs) Don't buy the jelly beans. Yeah, I mean, that's no. what that's what I read. What I read was keep the nine bucks, don't buy the jelly beans. Yes, you know, there you um, go. Anyway, okay, Jenny, is there anything I left out? Should we have said anything? Um, I don't know. I mean, we're talking about nutrition here, so I could probably go on for like two more hours, but well, okay. I'll tell you what, towards the end of this series, why don't we do that? Why don't we jump back on and you just talk to me like you're helping me? And I will, sure. I will listen, and if and it'll be there for people if they want it, then. You think I'll convince you to eat green beans? I mean, not, <laughs> not French cut. Probably maybe, not. Maybe wait. If French is the thin ones, right? Yeah, they're the they're the weird ones. Yeah. I don't. I won't even eat French green beans. See, I'll do, maybe I could try the other ones. Although I can feel them soft crunching in my mouth right now. <laughs> we won't talk about green beans in that. Okay. And then the little beans come out of the middle, and I'm like, what is that? All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank Jenny for coming over today and talking about type 2 diabetes with me. And thank you for listening. I also want to thank Dexcom, makers of the Dexcom G6 and Dexcom G7 continuous glucose monitoring systems. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. I'd also like to thank the Contour line of blood glucose meters, contournext.com forward slash juice box. Go check out that brand new Contour Next Gen blood glucose meter. There are links in the show notes and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to Dexcom, Contour, and all the sponsors. When you click on the links, you're supporting the show. And don't forget, if you've missed any part of the Diabetes Pro Tips series for type 2 diabetes, you can find them at juiceboxpodcast.com or in our private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. But don't worry, all diabetes are welcome.